Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. There's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling, and you're one of them. You know all the bad shit you've heard about us, it's all true, but another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling, and that's why we're here. I'm not sports entertainment anymore. Talk to him, kid. This is a new beginning, and it starts tonight! A new day is dawning for DX. So who you talking to? Hey there, Xbox 12360 fans. We're coming at you with a brand new episode. Big crossover special today with Vince Russo, who we'll be talking to in just a little bit. We'll also be covering the week's top pro wrestling news headlines. The gang is all here. Let's get this party started. Introducing first... I could say he's a, a talented director and documentarian, oh. but I'd rather tell you that he is a thoughtful, talented, creative human being. Please welcome Jimbo Frank. Hi. Hello. How are you? We I'm match. fabulous. We do match. We all match. We're like a crew. We're yeah. an official crew. And another member of our crew over there in the booth is Mr. Mark Donica. He is the Wizard of Our Oz, and he doesn't get a lot of fanfare. <laughs> he really does have a face, everyone, and he's there. How you doing, Mark? Uh, it's ju- the... Rumors leading to me having a face are entirely unfounded, uh, and I'm happy that everybody uh, called each other last night to wear their Xbox 12360 shirts. Right? Well, thanks for all you do, Mark. Oh, who's that talking? Well, let me tell you, you all know that we give some fancy introductions to our guests here on the show, but this man is too humble to ever sit through something like that. He would stop me before I'd get started anyway. And he's so much more than a champion. I would rather tell you what a wise, kind human being he is. He's done a lot. For people in this business, myself included, we're all very grateful to him. Please welcome Sean X-Pac Waldman. That was really nice of you to say that. Yeah, well, you deserve it. Thanks. Finally, you got a little intro. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was really good. I, I enjoyed that much better than the big, uh, you know, blowing smoke up my ass thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you wouldn't let that fly anyway. Thanks. That was so nice of you to say that. You're welcome. You're oh. welcome. How Love was your you weekend? Guys. I had a pretty uh, pretty eventful weekend. I was out of town. It was a lot yeah, of fun. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll t- tell you a little bit more about it later, but it was good. Oh, good. Yeah. I saw the Young Bucks defeated at PWG to lose their tag titles oh. by Pentagon Junior El Penta Zero Mero, whatever they have to call him because of legal rights, right. and uh, Ray Phoenix, which was amazing. And I saw Keith Lee debut. and. PWG this weekend was insane. It was oh so good. Is Keith Lee related to Trevor Lee? I don't think so. Huh. But if they were, it'd be like a Dudley Boys situation. Nice. Oh, why? Is Keith Black? He's a huge, big <laughs> black guy. He's like, if Willie Mack ate a mushroom from Super mm. Mario that made him grow, that would be Keith Lee. Oh, nice. 
Jeez. It's insane. I would have liked to have been there, but I was in Memphis on Saturday. Oh, yeah. You yeah. were wrestling. Yeah, and a little I had match to... of your own. Yeah, if you want to call it that. <laughs> that's what that's what my matches consist of these days. <laughs> I don't know if any, I, I'm sure some people already saw it. but It was awesome. Yeah, it was basically wrestling night uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies and NBA. Uh, people watching right now can see their mascot, Grizz, waiting for me to turn around. The ring is like, I, legit, I, yeah, I told you guys, the, I was scared to death, of, uh, you know, because it was so high above the ground, and second year in a row. Yeah, You're so the, the ring's on a platform. There. Right, so uh, Buff Bagwell was there, and, and Scott Steiner was there, he'd taken pl- uh, Kevin Nash's place, who couldn't make it, uh, and we did a little, you know, shot a little angle, a little storyline that went through the whole game, like, you know, each, oh. yeah, each quarter there would be a vignette, or we'd come out into the, you know during a commercial break, come out on the court and, you know, run down the people of Memphis. All of that, you know, old, heat, like, cheap heat stuff. That's awesome. And then, and then so I had a, a match at halftime where I I won the title, <laughs> and then I lost it. <laughs> wow. Chris. And there's a picture of, there's a picture of Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner in the ring helping me celebrate my title victory. victory. Yeah. Congratulations well, on thank that, you by very the way. Much. Was that the first time you got to hang out with those two guys in a while? I haven't seen I haven't seen Buff in, in a lot longer than than Scott. Scott's great to be around, man. Like uh, you know, you always hear stories about how volatile Scott, you know, has been mm-hmm. and you know, people are scared to be around him and that's not my experience with him at all. I can't I'm not discounting other people's but yeah. that's not mine at all. And he's also a father now, mm-hmm. and that changes a lot. I mean, it changes everything. So uh, a much kinder, gentler Scott <laughs> Steiner. I'm sure you don't want people knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> you blew his cover now. Yeah, and Buff Bagwell is doing very well, too. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's, it's always nice to see somebody that was not doing, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of, duh, it goes without saying, right? It's always, but in wrestling, when somebody's not doing well, it's quite often we we don't make it. Mm-hmm. So That's when true. you see somebody come out the other end, you know it's, it's always really cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, a DDP was there. As yeah, well? exactly. Yes, and he will be. He'll be in town tomorrow for uh, for Maria's show. Oh, that's for cool. conversations with Maria. So I'll see him. So there. he'll be there too, right? Oh yeah. And uh, Dallas and I had dinner after the after that show. Talked a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might go get certified at oh. DDP. Oh, I'm, hey. I'm thinking about it, but that's I, I probably shouldn't even have said that because <laughs> he was talking to me about it. And now, if I don't do it, it's just going to be like, uh, you know, like talking and not doing. No, I think maybe it'll be more that people think that's a genius idea and they'll just keep bothering you because well, they want you to do it. They yeah. want to see it happen. Yeah, the thing is, if I if I can't if I don't have if I can't focus on it like to where you know you can. Give it, give it where all you're all effort. in, man. Yeah. You got to be all in on stuff, and so I want to make sure if I do it that I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, keep us posted. Cool. Please on that. Yeah. And I just want to remind you guys, we are on YouTube and iTunes as well. Please like, rate, comment, subscribe. There's five stars possible. I'm just saying. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the show. We love to read those, and we love hearing from you, and we do see them. So please go on to iTunes and like, rate, comment, and subscribe. You'll see all of our past episodes there. You don't want to miss any of them. We've been around for a while now, so make sure you do that. And on that note, I think maybe is it time? 
Yes, I think it is. It is time for some X Pac 12360 News of the Week. Break it down! X Pac 12360 Wrestling News. This is a big one. Everyone is chattering about the return of Jim Cornette to WWE programming. He will be inducting the Rock and Roll Express into the Hall of Fame. That goes down on Friday night, March 31st. You can see it live on the WWE Network. And this surprised some folks after, you know, Jim was suspended in 05 and then eventually released. He was very outspoken in his criticism of the company following that. And a lot of people thought this would never happen. Jim himself even said, well, you know, hell's pretty much frozen over. But it was important for him to return and do this. He said, I haven't put an end to the Rock and Roll Express. I haven't been able to do it. So I guess I have to roll over and induct them into the Hall of Fame. He was, of course, the manager of the Midnight Express, their longtime rivals. So... Tune in for Jim Cornette. We couldn't have anyone else do this. Right? No, anyone else uh, inducting the Rock and Roll Express into the Hall of Fame would fall on their face because everyone would be thinking it should have been Jim Cornette. Mm -hmm. And I'm not surprised at all. I'm pretty sure I said this when we first talked about the Rock and Roll Express being inducted. I said, I know, you know, People don't think it'll happen, but I guarantee it's going to be Jim Cornette. You definitely did say I that. I did say that, of course. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all, just because I know I know the company. I know the people in the company and how they think. Mm-hmm. And regardless of, of personal feelings, if there are still any. It's been a long I mean, time. You know, the thing is, is when you have real things going on in your life and you're, you know, help running WWE, such a huge, you know, Whatever you want to call it. I mean, just <laughs> monster. Juggernaut. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure you don't have time for to keep holding on to petty grudges. I hope not. I hope not. And, I mean, come on. I. It doesn't. So many other people have said so many worse oh, things yeah. and have been brought back mm-hmm. for one reason or another. So, glad to hear it. Yes, absolutely. And we also, there's a little bit more Hall of Fame news, too. It was announced today that Natalia will be inducting Beth Phoenix, despite some early chatter that that would be Kelly Kelly doing that. So Natty and then DDP is inducting Eric, or I'm sorry, Eric Bischoff is inducting DDP. And Rick Rude will be inducted by Steamboat. We already knew that one. But John Cena will be speaking for Kurt Angle. And, of course, JBL and Ron Simmons, APA, are inducting Teddy Long. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, as far as uh, when I was having dinner with Dallas, he told me you know about about Eric being oh, inducting yeah. him. Um, that's that's totally appropriate. It would have to me. It would have been okay. Um, a, number one would have been Dusty Rhodes, but he's no longer with us, obviously. And my other two picks. Well, my other pick was Jake Roberts. Mm-hmm. That's who I mean, and that was just like off the top of my head. But really, Eric is 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 an appropriate uh, person to induct to Dallas. Is DDP like so excited? Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's got his have a wardrobe picked out and the whole spiel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he talked to me about how he was going to prepare for the, you know, wow. for it. And uh, hey. Um, I can't wait, man. I, I yeah. really can't wait for this. You're definitely a future Hall of Famer, so who oh, would... whatever. I would say for sure. Who yeah. would you want to induct you? I don't know, man. No? Yeah. Are you I, the kind that you don't even think about that, no, do you? No, I really don't. I don't sit... I don't have this, you know, like, what's it going to be like? Because I don't know if that's going to happen. We don't know. 
Uh, and also, there's so many people, I've said this before, that belong in there before me. And I'm not, unless, you know, something unforeseen happens, an accident or something, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm going to be around a while. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And let's talk about some other guys who may be around soon. Now, this is being reported by Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet, who is a very reliable source. He says that new contract offers have been given to Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy by WWE. He says there is an actual deal on the table for the Hardy Boys to return to WWE. Of course, they are battling with Impact Wrestling over the use of their name and their gimmick, and there is no reports as to whether WWE is looking to use those broken characters, but that certainly would be uh, a legal battle battle that would still be involved so the guys are also the current ring of honor tag team champions but that sure. was only a short deal that they signed so it's looking like possibly the hardy boys will be going to wwe well it's it's good to be a hardy boy these days isn't it <laughs> right? <laughs> like seriously yeah but it's not just an accident mm-hmm. you know i mean these guys have worked really hard and 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 reinvented themselves and uh, I mean, they've kept themselves relevant. Uh, they've uh, they protected themselves as far as uh, you know in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense to some people, yeah. And uh, good for them. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for wrestling. Yes. Yes. Seriously, that's the best wrestling. way to put it. Good for yes. wrestling. Love it. I love it. Well, and what's good for Impact oh, Wrestling? You know what? I oh. was it may, I was just thinking. I We're talking about the legal battle between Anthem yeah. and with the Broken Hardy gimmick. I, I think that, uh, I don't know if uh, the WWE legal team would get involved with something like that, if the Hardys ever went back to work for them, but nobody beats WWE legal team. Well, not very often anyways. <laughs> I can think of one or two, and that's about it. Yeah, send them in there to get that straightened out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I like that <laughs> idea. Let's let's talk a little bit more about Impact Wrestling. Big announcement today by their parent company, Anthem Sports, saying that Impact Wrestling is partnering with Mexico's Lucha Libre AAA promotion. <laughs> <laughs> That might be your response, Sean. This is going to involve a talent exchange, some other collaborations, and Impact says they're going to be working with more promotions all around the world, and that this is just the beginning of maybe sort of a, a global presence. Force they're trying wrestling? to right. I don't know why, like anyone at, at Impact that dealt with AAA before thinks that AAA is any different now. That's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. They're going to end up getting screwed, or they're going to end up. Triple is going to end up trying to screw them. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. Well, That's not, we, I, I, we shall see. Sorry about going negative, but... Well, no, I'm not no, sorry. I figured, I'm not yeah, sorry. I, I, it's I true. <laughs> it's true. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not well, sorry. And you're, you're just speaking, speaking from, from experience. experience with yes. your situation in Come on. Yeah. So. And that guy hasn't grown up a damn bit. I heard he did. No, not a bit. Same old shit from Dorian... Roldan Pena. Mm. Well, on a on a 
a different little bit of a different note. We did want to take some time now here on XPOC 12360 and offer our condolences to Jim Ross and his family. His wife was involved in an accident. She was riding her Vespa. Uh, this has all been going down in the last day or two. And um, she crashed last night. It was involved. Another driver was involved. And she suffered multiple skull fractures. Jim says a catastrophic brain injury. She remains in critical condition, is reportedly on life support. And um, we we definitely will be will be saying some prayers oh, for I, for I, their family. I found this out while we were on the air this morning and kind of lost it. And uh, I I've been a I love Jim Ross. We love Jim Ross. We as as a, a, the wrestling the world of wrestling pro wrestling. We love you, Jim Ross. And it any woman that can be married. <sighs> Sorry. Any woman that can be married to somebody in the wrestling business for that long is a freaking saint. And I even even the best of us, not that I've been one of the best husbands in wrestling, but even the best of us, mm-hmm. it's a mother effort to be married to the wrestling business. And um, what an amazing woman Jan is. And I, I love her very much. And uh, I love you too, Jim. And really, really, um, really thinking about you nonstop right now. It's hard to do the show right now, actually, to be honest. Yes. So. Yeah. So sending, sending prayers to them, and we'll keep you updated <laughs> on Jan's condition. So, on, uh, well, let's wrap, let's wrap up our X-Pac 12360 News of the Week. I have been Christy Olson, your managing editor and chief correspondent of AfterBuzz TV's Pro Wrestling News Division, and I have a little bit of news myself to share with you guys. I'm uh, both excited and, and saddened to say that I am moving on from AfterBuzz TV for what is a, a phenomenal opportunity and, and one that I only could have gotten through my work here at AfterBuzz TV, and um, I, I announced that I was leaving my after shows last week, and people were wondering if I would still be here on this show, and mm-hmm. I would love to be able to do that but um this is my my last uh my last hurrah here i'm gonna actually leave the boys alone to interview vince in just a minute here so i did want to thank everybody who's watched the show all of you who reach out to me on social media the whole all all the after buzz buddies out there i am grateful to you i've seen and heard everything you've been saying lately and i really appreciate it and of course to jimbo who's been a great friend and who kept has reminded me to breathe on many <laughs> occasions, which I need. And Mark, who always makes us look good, you know that's the most important thing to me. So, and of course, uh, <laughs> most, 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 foremost, most, most, Sean, I uh, am the reason why I'm ready for this next step in my life is because of what I've learned here working with you. And I, I couldn't be more grateful. And uh, to Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menunos, the creators of AfterBuzz TV, who've done a lot for hundreds of people to help them make their dreams come true, have done so much for me, and they give a lot of themselves to to making other people's dreams come true. And I am eternally grateful to them and to you, Sean. And and I just am excited for this next step. But I I hate hate to go. Well, obviously, we're gonna miss you a lot. That's an understatement. A lot. Uh, I'm so happy. I, I'm I'm extremely happy to see you go, only because I know where you're going. Right. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll tell y'all when I can, so yeah. I can be shady, lady. And uh, that's that's why you're doing this. And just your 
perfect example, and I told you this in private through text. Hard work, a good attitude, and the talent to go along with it pays off pretty much 100% of the time. And you're proof of that. And we're going to miss you. Thank and you we so love much. you very much. Thank you. I love you guys, too. Cool. Thank yeah, you. I can't thank you enough from everything I've learned in these two years of working here as an engineer. And you were always one of the first hosts that was so nice to me and went out of your way to like help my job be easier, which always made me appreciate working with you that much more. And I've learned so much from you as being a host and being a journalist and just how on top of your game you are. And you're going to kill it. Thank you. Now get out of here and don't come yes, back. This is done, you guys. We, well, Sean and Jimbo will be back with more X-Pac 12360. Goodbye. Thank you. I love you, X-Pac 12360 fans. Stay tuned. What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. All right, we're back here on Xbox 12360. Usually Christy gives all the introductions. Vince, um, sorry, but uh, my, my co-host Christy's not here right now, and she has amazing introductions for everyone, but you really don't need an introduction, Vince, because everyone knows Vince Russo. <laughs> How are you, man? Thank you for coming on the show, and I had a great time on your show yesterday. Bro, I had a great time yesterday. It was great catching up with you, man. You know, uh, you've always been one of my favorites, and I'm really happy we can do this. Well, thanks. And a lot of people, like, they make the assumption that you and I are, are enemies or, some, or something, you know, just because we've been on the other side of the tracks on, on you know, on occasion, like, philosophically when it comes to wrestling and, uh, and things like that. But... Um, I'm a fan. I'm a Vince Russo fan, actually, and I think yeah. you realize that. Well, you know, Sean, I think people, bro, people, it's it's difficult for a lot of people to make a separation between business and personal because, I, you know, Sean, I really think it's fair for me to say, you know, any heat that I've ever gotten, it was all business related, and of course, when you have a writer and you have a pool of talent. I mean, Sean, you know, every single talent wants to be the main event and they want to go on last. I mean, and and rightfully so. <laughs> and that that should be everybody's goal. Rightfully well, so. My friends and I, we wanted to be the main event and we wanted the money that came along in, with it, but we didn't want to go on last. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I know some guys that had to go on last, too. Yes. But, you know, but, you're, it's funny you say that because, and may rest in peace, I remember one time in WCW on a house show, uh, I thought I was doing Eddie Guerrero and I a favor by having our match moved on earlier, and he got mad because he thought it was demoting us to a lower spot on the card, even though we were getting paid the same money. And we oh, got you to- know, absolutely, bro. With a lot of guys, it's you know, put, I'm going over and I'm going on last. Right. So when you have a writer and you got 50 wrestlers, you know, 50 guys can't be world champion, and every guy thinks they should be world champion. So a lot of my heat was was professional and business and maybe guys thinking they weren't booked right or they weren't getting a push, whatever. But, like, from a personal standpoint, 
man, I, I didn't have issues with too many people right. personally. I don't think so anyway. Yeah, I, I, I don't know because I can only speak for my my personal relationship with you and how, you know, my feelings for you. I can't speak for somebody like, I don't know, a Jim Cornette or somebody like that. <laughs> right, right. Thank God you can't speak right. for Jim Cornette. No, nor do I want to. Uh, he does very well speaking for himself. Yes, he does. Vince, <laughs> um, uh, when did you uh, when did you come to work for for Vince McMahon? God, Sean, I pro I started as a freelance writer, right. and I probably started in like '93. You know, freelance writing for the magazine. I came into the fold on a full time level. I think it was in 94. Okay, so I was already there. Or no? Yes, 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 you were already there. Yeah, because right. the, the the match with Razor uh, kind of happened like literally, bro, a week or two before I got hired. Okay, and and, and I'm... Like I okay, I knew John Arezzi a little bit, and I was on I was on one of his conventions, or I was at one of his conventions. I'm sorry, uh, and I know that you and John had a relationship, and that you did a radio show together, and uh, don't know what happened with that. I know you guys parted ways, but how long ago? How long in between that and the time that you came to work for WWE WWF? Well, I officially, you know, with John, you know, Sean, I officially got my foot in the wrestling business. It was probably around like November 1991. Right. You know, that that's when I first started. And, you know, literally less than two years later, you know, I was freelancing for the WWF magazine. Right. And but did you have a, a, a background in writing? Vince, uh, because I know you had a video uh, video store, and but yeah, well, how did that well, parlay into you becoming a write, uh, writer? Well, my my background in writing was I went to school and I got a journalism degree, and while I was at school, I went to you know Indiana State. I started as the assistant sports editor, and then I was right. the sports editor, and then I was the editor of the uh, of the paper so you know my whole college career i had been writing i had been studying journalism and that's what i wanted to do i mean i wanted to be a writer wrestling wasn't even on my radar bro it, really? it was it was not on my radar not I, even... I just i wanted to be a writer okay but wrestling uh wrestling was on your radar as far as passions or like things you loved right yeah, you know, you know, Sean, it, I got to tell you something, bro. Like, he, here's where I think I'm a little bit of a different animal. And I hate to use the word, Sean, but like, bro, I swear to you, like, I, I was never a wrestling, I want to say, mark, because I was never obsessed with the wrestling business. When I, when I first got hooked on to wrestling at about the age 11 or 12, right. bro, the first time I saw it and the very first vision I had was Captain Lou and the Valiant Brothers. Okay. And I, I yeah, I immediately knew what it was. I got it. And from day 1, 
I looked at wrestling from an entertainment aspect, and I I love the entertainment value in wrestling. You know, just like I did in you know TV shows or movies. Right. So you know, I was a fan of the genre. I was entertained by the by the by the genre. But I wasn't one of these guys that you know I wanted to be a wrestler since I was eight years old. I mean, I was not that guy at all. Well, that's understandable. I mean. Uh... But I, I just remember when we were talking yesterday uh, for your show, uh, you were talking about uh, moments in wrestling and mm-hmm. uh, great moments. And I remember you mentioning Spiros Arion and, and Cheap J Strongbow with the with the headdress and you know and all that. And it just shoving the feathers down his right. Head. And I just I guess when I when I saw your face light up talking about that, Vince, I just I guess I assumed you had that lifelong. Love. I, I guess it came later, huh? No, I mean, I, I did have that lifelong love, but it's hard to explain, Sean. I did. I got to be honest with you, bro. Like, I've met so many guys in the wrestling business yeah. that will live and die for wrestling, and they are so passionate about wrestling. Bro, I swear when I look back on my life and even today, Sean, I don't I don't think I've ever been that passionate like about anything. Like I, I, I really don't. I mean, I'm a fan of a lot of things, but not that passion, whereas if I don't do this, I'm I'm gonna die. But I had a I had a love for the wrestling business because I was a fan and I was highly, highly entertained by it, but not enough to ever think about the wrestling business as a career. That that was never a thought in my mind. Okay, so I'm sorry, Jumbo. Just one thing, real quick. Uh, so then, why did you go to wrestling school? Did you go to exactly Johnny Rods' was, wrestling that's school? Exactly what I was going to yes. ask. Yes. Yeah. What happened, guys? Is what happened was I was on Long Island. I had two, I owned two video stores when bro they were just starting out. It right. was the mom and pop video business and and I was booming. I, I was doing well, very well, so well that a blockbuster moved across the street from one store and literally a quarter of a mile from my other store. Blockbuster put me out of business. During that time, John Arezzi came into my store and was looking for me to do some promotion on his radio show, uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight, I think was the name of it. Well, basically, at that time, I knew the writing was on the wall for my video stores. And, you know, I had a young son and I had a wife. I had to think about what I was going to do next. And basically, when Arezzi came in, you know, when I got to talking to Arezzi, like my thought was, well, shoot, man, I've always been a fan of the wrestling business. I've always liked the wrestling business. Maybe I'll try to make a career out of the wrestling business. I mean, that's that's literally how it came about. And then once I got into radio, I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to educate myself on every aspect of the wrestling business and part of that education was literally going to wrestling school getting in a in a ring and bumping and really understanding the other side i never wanted to wrestle i never wanted to be a manager 
I just wanted to have that education, and that's what, what Johnny Rogers School gave me. And how can can you talk a little bit about that experience? I mean, I know what it's like, but you know, pub, oh there's a ton God, of people out there bro, listening. Yes, that I don't. yeah, yes, I can because, bro, listen, I, you know, a lot of ECW guys came up through Rods, and you know, I I was there when some of the guys was were there. And, bro, it was backbreaking. I, I mean, I, I can remember Johnny running me, you know, you know, back bump after back bump after back bump. And like I said, I didn't want to do wrestling. I, I didn't want to be a wrestler, but I wanted to go through that process to have an understanding of what you guys go through. And I'm so glad that I did it, bro, because from the very first day I started in the business, I have such a respect for the talent because, bro, you got to be a special animal to do this. And I, I can say that based on my experience. Right. Uh, was, go ahead, Jim. <clears throat> sorry. Who were some of the wrestlers that were there training to be wrestlers while you were there training as well? Well, I remember, you know, I mean, <laughs> probably a guy that's more hated than me, if you can believe that. But uh, my 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 good friend coming out of that school was Vito Lagrasso, Big Vito. <laughs> I, I I remember Devon was at the school at that time, but it was it was right around the time you know Taz was coming through and Dreamer was coming through and Bubba was coming through. All those guys were going through at at Rods' school and. Uh, you know, bro, it's it's unbelievable because when you look at the WWF back in that day, Johnny Rods was was simply a jobber. Right. But you you freaking talk about a guy that was as professional as they come. And I, I was man, I was really lucky to have that time and, and learn from Johnny a little bit. It I mean, it taught me a lot. It, it really did. And that's that's uh not forget that Johnny was more than just a uh, a job guy that that helped make other guys look good. He was also the resident policeman slash enforcer around there too. Yeah, and not only that, Sean. I mean, you know, Sean. I listen, bro. I'm a big I'm a big mark or fan of like men's men, right. like you know, like like the wrestlers that could really kill you if they wanted to. Exactly. Johnny Rods was in that category, bro. He he was about as bad as they come. And even though you know he had a role as a jobber in that company, bro. If 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 we were talking about a real business, he probably could have took apart everybody on that roster. Chief J Strongbow used to have an expression for guys like that, and he'd tell me. Because like, Chief used to call me Trailer. He'd go, Trailer, that man can stand alone. That means he doesn't yeah. need anybody on his side. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and again, what, you know, Sean, I got, when I first got into WWE, like as a, um, as a freelance writer, I got, to, I got to work with Chief a little. Yeah. And that was, bro, such a freaking honor for me because he was really one of the ones growing up. Uh, you know, that I, you know, I mean, I, I was just a huge fan of Chief and then getting to work with him when he was an agent. I mean, sure. that that was very rewarding. Oh, we loved him. He, Chief could be real grumpy and, and, and kind of a hard ass and, and that, uh, but he loved he loved my friends and I and uh, and we loved him. We loved sitting under the Chief J. Strongbow learning tree. I mean, he was so full of wisdom. So, oh, he was I unbelievable. Was, I wanted to ask you this: When you went to Rod uh, Johnny Rod's camp, did you mention to him that you didn't want to be a wrestler? That you just wanted to see what it was like? 
No, I didn't Good. because I didn't want to get treated differently, bro. I, I did it. I did it. So I just I just went along with it. As a matter of fact, bro, like I, I you know, going to Rod's school, I, I, I managed on mm. one show and I'll never forget it because I managed Vito and our opponent was the uh, the late cousin Luke. And, uh, you know, so like I literally went through the whole process till Johnny thought I was good enough to kind of throw out there as a manager. And then it was around that time, uh, you know, that I got the call from the WWE and I had to stop going to school. And and were you still doing the the radio show with with, uh, Rezzy when you got the call? No, I I was doing my own radio show, bro. Here's what happened with the Rezzy, just so you know. I was a huge fan of the wrestling business the entertainment aspect of the business, bro. Right. The the Chief J. Strong bros, the big cat Ernie lads. I mean, I love that crap, right, bro? So when when you know Arizzi needed help financially, he needed sponsors. So I started getting involved with John. I was helping him out more financially. He would put me on the air now and then. Sean, this is exactly what happened, and okay. you'll remember. At the time, bro. This is when Vince McMahon was on trial, the the big steroid trial. Of course. Okay? And, Sean, I remember going to a show. We we moved our show into the city. And and I remember one night, it was a Sunday night, I was, me and Arizzi were doing the show. Bro, he had superstar Billy Graham in the the, uh, studio. He had Dave Meltzer in the studio. And bro, I'm sitting there and I'm like, these this was a witch hunt oh, yeah. for Vince McMahon. They wanted this was typical this is bro, this is where my problems with dirt sheets started. They wanted to hang Vince McMahon out, you know, they're bringing in midgets, they're bringing in ring boys, any dirt they could they could, you know, gather up to to make Vince guilty. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, bro. This is not why I wanted to get in the wrestling business. I wanted to get into the wrestling business because I love the entertainment. I love the entertainment that Vince McMahon was providing for me. I'm not interested in being one of these guys that bring Vince McMahon down. And that's when I broke off on my own, Sean, and I did Vicious Vincent's World of Wrestling. And I played along with what the WWF was doing. So as you can see, bro, right there, this is going all the way back to 1991. I kind of drew a line in the sand with the dirt sheets because I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this, bro. I don't. I'm not interested in taking down Vince McMahon. I'm not interested in dragging people through the mud. I'm interested in the entertainment aspect of it. And that's that's when I broke off and started doing a 100% character-driven show in character. I was lucky enough, bro, to have some great WWE. I had Savage on the show. I, I had Kurt Henning on the show. Uh, you know, I, I, I had, had Flair came on the show. I was lucky then to, to be able to do what I set out to do in the first place. Oh, very cool. I didn't realize that you that you branched off in, into your own show like that and that the company was giving you some sweet-ass guests like that. Nice. Yeah, bro, a, as a matter of fact, bro, when, when uh, the WWF, you know, that's who they were at the time, when they had their shows at the Nassau Coliseum, we did a pre-show, bro, prior to the house show, 
And, uh, you know, we, we, we did it, uh, you know, and it was like a dinner and a whole nine yards. Bro, the place was packed out. And that's where, you know, I, I would bring WWE talent live and interview them when we had about a crowd of a couple hundred people. That's what I wanted to do, bro. I just wanted to entertain. Sure. Well, the first time I remember you in WWF was when, and I was talking to you about this yesterday, uh, you, were, you were writing for the magazine, and we did some kind of a, uh, a photo shoot at Disney World, and you were there, and my, my nephew, or my, my little cousin were there, and, uh, and my mom, and you and my mom share the same birthday, January 25th, right, or 24th, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, yep. My daughter's is the 25th. Anyways, uh, but that was my first memory of you. And so you weren't at all involved in the creative process yet, right? Not at all, bro. As a matter of fact, you know, Sean, on my show today. See, I get – here's what pisses me off, Sean. People say like, oh, yeah, Vince Russo is down on the wrestling business today because he's not writing it so he thinks it sucks. Bro, that's so far from the truth because, first of all, I myself have said, in my opinion, the early WrestleMania years, WrestleMania 1 to 3, I think that was the greatest era in, in, in WWE history. I think that was better than the Attitude Era. I've right. said that a million times before. Bro, today I sat down and I reviewed WrestleMania 10 which was the very first WrestleMania when I was working for the company. And, Sean, my plan was I'm going to fast forward through this show and just look at the finishes so I could get it over with. Right. Bro, I, I couldn't fast forward through anything. I sat there and I watched WrestleMania 10 from beginning to end. Bro, I had nothing to do with the creative of that. I was not involved creatively. I was not writing. I was just doing the magazine. And oh my God, bro. Now now I I understand why I'm not as big a wrestling fan today as I was back then. It, it just was a different world, man. Yeah, it is. It, it, it really is. And I've been, I've gotten caught up in, you know, in the whole, you know, back in my day, it was better and all that. And, and I feel like it was. I, I, I truly do, but I understand other people don't feel that way, and I'm fine with that, you know? Well, guess uh, what, Sean? Well, They're wrong. We're right. That's right. Well, <laughs> that's what, right. I was well, talking to Road Dog about that, and he said the same thing. Well, what would make today's wrestling better that it would feel more like wrestling back then? Jimbo, can I tell you one thing? That, to I, I got to tell you one thing, bro. This is what I'm – This is I'm watching WrestleMania 10 today. And this is what I see immediately. Okay, bro? People can pe people hit me with this all the time. They hit me with this all the time. Oh, yeah, well, back back then, all the guys looked good and all the guys were big and yada, yada, yada because they were on steroids. That's the excuse that people like to use when today when today's roster th these guys look like my next door neighbor you you wouldn't recognize them in an airport they look like regular freaking guys so i'm watching wrestlemania 10 today and bro all these freaking guys every guy on the show looks tremendous i mean the body on henning the body on piper uh you know i mean sean scott the list goes on and on and on and bro this is what i do know I know when I was in the wrestling business, steroids or no steroids, 
These guys were in the gym every single day, bro. It was a religion to them. Their bodies were part of the presentation. And whether they were on steroids or not, they were freaking working out at a gym on the road. Never missed, never missed a beat. I look at this roster today, bro. You can't tell me these guys go to a gym. They don't look the freaking part. And to me, if you don't look the part, I'm not going to believe it. It's unbelievable to me. And I got to tell you why I scratch my head over this. And I think Sean can attest to this. Bro, between Triple H and Stephanie and Vince, these are workout fiends. Bro, these guys, they work out like they eat. Their body and the presentation is so important to them. But yet, I put on my TV on Monday nights, I'm supposed to be seeing these professional wrestlers, and half of them look like they've never even visited a gym in their lives. That's why I don't buy it. In all fairness, though, Vince, the other half really do. I mean, there's some pretty jacked guys in WWE right now, man. Oh yeah, no, bro. They're all listen. I'm, I'm, a, bro. I'm a fan of a lot of the guys. Yeah. I, I re- like, I, you know, I, I love Roman. I, I love Bray Wyatt. I cool. can go on and on and on. I was gonna but, ask for, you. I was gonna ha- ask you who you were a fan of there right now. Yeah, I, 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 bro. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Reigns fan. They, Me listen, too. creative, creative has killed Roman Reigns. I, I mean, they've, they've absolutely killed him. I don't hold that against him. But bro, the guy looks like a wrestler. He looks like he belongs, and of course he does because it's in his bloodlines. Bro, I'm a huge fan of Bray. Bro, I, I hate to say this, but if I was writing for the WWE, yep. Bray Wyatt would be of Undertaker status. Because th- this guy is so freaking talented, it's it's frightening. I love Charlotte. I, I, I think when all is said and done, she's going to be the greatest uh, female wrestler of all time. I, I really believe that. Bro, Enzo and Kaz. Why do I like Enzo and Kaz? Because they freaking entertain. Right. But you have a big part of that roster that somehow or another, bro, they've convinced themselves along the lines that this stuff is real. Well, I, I hate to break the news to you guys. If it's real, then you need to get in a gym. So we, so, so make us believe it's real. And, uh, you know, for, for, for every bona fide superstar at, at that company, in my opinion, for every superstar, there's a guy that doesn't belong. There's a guy that no way in hell should be on TV representing that company. You know, Sean, it's funny, bro. N- not for anything. Not not to throw not to throw barbs. But Kevin Owens was the WWE champion. Do you know how I'm looking at WrestleMania 10. Do do you understand Roddy Piper back then wasn't in, in, in the eyes of the WWE wasn't championship status? Razor Ramon was not championship status. Kurt Henning never won a W. That that tells you how far they've fallen. When you had guys like that, Jake the Snake Roberts was never a champion. When you had guys like that that never wore the belt because the talent was just that good. And today you have a guy like Kevin Owens who, who quite frankly looks like he should be landscaping my lawn. When you have a guy like that as the hood ornament of the company, 
I don't really think there's an argument. That's my opinion. Yeah, it, I, I don't share that one with, with you when it comes to Kevin Vince, but I, I definitely uh, um, think you have a right to it. <laughs> that's, I, and that's, that's cool. all it is, bro. Yeah. It's it's just my opinion. That's all it yeah, is. Yeah, I don't... I, I, what gets me is that some people, when they hear you say something like that, they get all bent out of shape, and it's just like, hey, man, it's just one person's opinion, and nobody's forcing you to listen. You know? No, that, 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 that's exactly it, bro. I, you know, I, I give my opinion. My, it's my opinion, bro. Yeah. It's not right. It's not wrong. And, it's my opinion. And I, I'm with you, Sean. I, I get so much heat because people disagree with me. I mean, my God, bro, can you imagine what kind of a world we'd be living in if everybody agreed with everybody else? Well, but we're really in, in, in society today, especially right now at this moment, it's probably the worst we've been as far as uh, being able to disagree want, yeah. with each other respectively. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. It's it's brutal, man. I and it's it's I, bro, I deal with it every single day. Sean, that was a big part of why I stopped watching Raw because I'm I'm watching Raw. I've got to give my honest opinion of it. So, you know, I'm watching it, I'm critiquing it. And then the next day, bro, there would be so much hate mail and so much negativity because people disagreed with my opinion. I finally said, you know what? I'm just I'm not doing it anymore. Right. If if I if I can't go out there and give an honest opinion based on my expertise and and you're going to, you know, you 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 should die, you're this, you're that, you're the other thing because we disagree. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Sure. So literally, bro, I I just stopped Stop doing it. I got you. Do you have any? Go ahead, Jimbo. Sorry. I think, in my opinion, Kevin Owens to me fits that Johnny Rods type. Like, you look at him and you're like, this dude's a badass. Like, he could probably wreck some shop. And I've met Kevin's through through PWG and whatnot. Yeah, I. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim. No, I'm sorry. Well, I've, ahead. I've seen him over the years from indies through Pro Wrestling Guerrilla all the way to WWE, and I couldn't be happier for him. But to me, he gives that believable vibe of like if you were in a bar and you bumped into that guy and he turned and looked at you, you'd be like, I'm sorry, sir. And maybe buy him a drink, not like, oh, this guy. I like To me, it comes off kind of like uh, um, the big, big, big country, the, the oh, Roy Lee Nelson. Roy Nelson. That's the kind of vibe I get from him. You know, the, the yeah, UFC guy. Yeah, guys, you want to know something funny? Like, And again, it goes back to me watching WW, uh, uh, WrestleMania 10 today. And I've said this before, bro. Listen, Kevin Owens was, tra- was trained by Carl, Carl, I can never pronounce Carl his first name. Ouellette. Carl Ouellette. Pierre. Okay? And I've always said, I was there when, when, when Pierre was there. I worked with Pierre, bro. Pierre was an incredible freaking worker. And I've always said, listen, if you've seen Pierre work, I don't care what anybody says. He was a better worker than Kevin Owens. The only reason he was in the spot that he was in is because he couldn't cut a promo and the other guys were just that good. But, Jim, here's the difference to me, Jim. I'm watching Carl Ouellette today. Uh, he was, you know, with uh, uh, as the as the Quebecers. They had a match at WrestleMania against Men Bro, on a Mission. The, yeah, the guy has a very Kevin Owens like physique, but when you look at the guy, he looks like he's as hard as a freaking rock. He he just he he's rock. He's big, but he's rock solid. I, I, I've got a problem with – I don't understand 
like a guy like Kevin Owens, and I don't mean to pick on Kevin Owens. I'm just giving – I don't know him. I've never met him. But I can't understand how a guy who is a professional wrestler for a living can't freaking get in a gym and just get in better shape. I don't understand that. That's why it, it, it's a turnoff to me because that's how he comes I- across – to me, I get you, and and let's let's not spend any more time on that subject. But I will just say this: uh, Mick Foley kind of fits in that same category. Uh, I know they're two different people, but body type wise, uh, I I just think that sometimes there's an exception. Vince, I agree with you, but I just sure, think that sure, Kevin Owens can, is can an I exception. tell you something? Yes. And I say this all the time, and this is why I don't put all the heat on Kevin Owens. I'll tell you why: with Mick Foley, that worked with his character okay now everything i've said about kevin owens the guy doesn't like to work out maybe he's a little lazy i mean i'm just saying that but my point is bro the guy the guy visually being a little bit overweight if i were writing for him that would be part of the character and part of the gimmick and then it would work for him but the 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 fact that it's not addressed it's not part of the gimmick it's never discussed. That's where, as a writer, the disconnect comes for me. You're dead on about Mick Foley, but that fit his character. If, if, they, if they looked at Kevin Owens and they worked his look into his character, in my opinion, bro, it would be a thousand times better and I would have no issue with it. But when they call a guy like that a prize fighter... Right. And he looks the way he does. That's where the disconnect is for me. Gotcha. Makes Go sense. ahead. Go ahead, Jimbo. <clears throat> well, I recently watched your uh, Ultimate Insiders DVD with you and Ed Ferreira from like 2005. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and on that, you guys attend a SoCal res- a wrestling show and you work as like agents for at least one match. And that match has Human Tornado, Scorpio Sky, uh, Quicksilver. And someone else in oh Ronan in it, and I just wanted to know like what the experience was working backstage back then because now I watch it today and I could see young Joey Ryan in the background, young Davey Richards, and so many people that have gone on to make an impact in wrestling. When you were backstage then and working as an agent with these guys, did you have certain feelings for certain people of like oh this guy's going to be good, this guy needs to work on this? Did you enjoy it? Were you like, God, I can't wait to get out of here? Because I know at one point there was a deathmatch tournament also, and you got out of there as soon as you could before the death matches start. Yeah. Well, you know, Jim, I could tell you this, and this is a lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but, you know, a lot of people tend to not want to believe me. And, and that's fine. I swear to you, Jim, to this day, when I'm in an independent environment, it, it was more joyful for me than like being at a TNA because, you know, you you have young, hungry talent that are still going through the stages of being molded and they're sitting on every word because they want to learn. And, you know, they're they're open for ideas and suggestions and they listen to you. I love I love, love, love being in that environment because by the time you get up to the big leagues, everybody's set in their ways. Um, you know, I mean, they they feel they, they have strong feelings and strong ideas. 
And a lot of times they're not open for, you know, suggestion. That's why I, I, I love, man. I love I the biggest passion I had in the WWE was sitting down with guys that were ready to go to the main roster. I'm talking about, you know, Val Venuses, the the edges, the Christians sitting down with them before they ever showed up on TV. And really tapping into, you know, who they were and what their attributes were and what character could we create for them to, 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 to make it easier for them. I love that developmental stage. And there's a lot more of that on an independent scene than there is when you make it to the pros. So how did, so how did the, how did you uh, make the connection with Val V, with Sean Morley and, uh, and being a, a male porn star? How did that come Sean, about? that's a, that's a great question, bro. And it'll make all the sense in the world to you. Bro, listen, I say this all the time about myself. I'm not I'm a regular guy and I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a Italian Gavon, okay? okay? I'm a regular guy. I'm not I'm not like this intellectual guy, bro. I stay as far away from politics as I can. That's that's not my deal. Well, my, my assignment was Sean Marley. Vince, Sean is ready. That's what they used to tell me. So-and-so is ready. At that point, I would sit down with the talent. And, Sean, you know, when it comes to politics, that's all Sean Marley wants to talk about. Oh, that exactly. He, he, yeah, he's obsessed, bro. He's obsessed with politics. Oh, yeah. And every time I sat down and I talked to him, he would start talking politics to me. And, bro, like I was looking at him in a daze and it was kind of going in one ear and out the other because I didn't know what he was saying. So I knew as a writer, bro, I can't make you a political character because I can't write for that character. Right. But every all the time I spent with him, bro, I'm lo- I just kept looking at him and I just kept saying to myself, this guy looks like a sleazy porn star. I mean, literally, <laughs> if I didn't know him, that's that's how he looks to me. And the amazing thing about Sean Morley is, bro, obviously he wasn't a sleazy porn star. But, bro, when he went out there and did the gimmick, he pulled it off like he was a sleazy porn. He was brilliant in that role. Yeah, he was all in when it came to, the, to doing that gimmick. <laughs> and who, I, I'm wondering who came up with the with the. You know, with the line, hello, ladies. Yeah, that that was me because we we uh, obviously we wrote a bunch of vignettes uh, before we debuted them, and you know, hello, ladies was kind of what I came up with, just kind of as the opening signature. Yeah. But I got to tell you, man, Sean Marley is one of the. This is another thing that's missing today: the vignette, the the loss of the vignette, which I'll never understand, because you can go back and you can look at when when Sean first appeared on raw we ran a series of vignettes with jenna jameson Jameson. uh, on raw bro the first night that he came out to debut the pop was deafening and they had never seen him before it was the build up of the vignettes i do not know why they don't do that today well, I mean, it just got to be where everyone was being brought in that way, and I think they got away from that. And it seems like they're starting to do that a little bit more again. You know what I miss? I miss like the little corner, like 
when the match is about to start, and they're like, uh, so-and-so had words during this, and it would pop up in the side screen. They used, and, to, they used to do that on the syndicated shows. They used to yeah, like on superstars and challenge and all that. But I remember like it, the one of those vignettes. I, I I just remember cracking up because Val had a purple helmet, like yes. purple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I don't know if hey, anybody hey, got hey, that. Sean, but. Did, Sean, did you ever hear this story? I, I doubt you ever heard this story, but I got to tell you, I got to tell you this story, bro. Jenna Jameson, and you know, Sean, I know you know Jenna Jameson. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I know, I know, but bro, she was red hot at this time. Yes, she Absolutely was. red hot. So, you know, I was working on these vignettes. I got together with Bruce and, you know, we had the idea of let's see if we can get Jenna Jameson. Okay, Sean, we had Jenna Jameson at Bruce's house in Bruce's, you know, like jetted hot tub in in the house. Bro, stark naked, stark naked with Val in the freaking hot tub. Okay. So we shot the series of vignettes with Jenna Jameson. You know, Bruce and I thought they were absolute gold. Do you know Vince? We, we played him the vignettes. <laughs> Vince, Vince cut 90% of the vignettes out because he thought Jenna Jameson was ugly. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Bro, me, me and Bruce could not. We could not believe it. There was so much great stuff with her that never aired because Vince thought she was wow. unattractive. That's uh, crazy. I, you know, something else that, uh, about Val that a lot of people might not know is that, and I'm, I don't know if it was you specifically or you, Vince. I don't, I'm not sure how that process went, but uh, wanting to have Val be the new member of DX when, when, when Hunter turned. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember that, Sean, yeah. at all. I, I honestly don't. And we were just very – I wasn't sure I, uh, whose idea it was, but um, we were totally against it, and obviously it didn't happen. Right, uh, right. And I, yeah, I just it, thought it maybe – It might have been. I just don't remember. Oh, okay. Why were you guys totally against it? Because we just – it's like taking we – we just didn't want the, the recipe being messed with. Okay, because Triple H wasn't, wasn't in the group anymore. What are we going to do? You can't replace him. Mm-hmm. It's just like Sean, I. It's just like I didn't replace Shawn Michaels. I just came in and you know did my best to pick up the slash. Sean, you want to hear something interesting? Please. I don't. I don't. I don't know how much you know of this at all, but remember, the original DX was uh, you know China, Sean, and Hunter. That was and, the original DX, right? What about with Rick with Rude? Uh, yeah, well, I don't really, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't have considered right. him a part of DX. You know, he, you know what I mean. He was kind of, you know, a, go, a go, hired, uh, garnish. I wouldn't consider yeah. him a part. So, bro, I'll never forget. We're sitting at Vince's house one day, and uh, you know, Vince comes up with the idea. This was Vince's idea, bro. I, I give credit where credit is due. Vince came up with the idea of badass Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. And Vince thought that these two guys could be huge stars. And Sean, I got to tell you, I did not see it. But you got to understand where I'm coming from. We're coming off of Rockabilly. We're coming off of the roadie. The real double J. Yeah. I did not see these guys becoming huge stars. Well, Vince wanted to make them a part of DX. So we approached Sean and Hunter with Billy and and Road Dog, bro, they wanted no part of it. They wanted absolutely no part of it. They did not want these guys in the group. 
So, you know, bro, listen, Sean and Hunter, you know, they're, they're strong personalities. They're money. Uh, we're not going to do something they don't want to do. That's why, bro, we went back and we really developed the crap out of Road Dog and Billy, you know, on their own as the New Age Outlaws. Remember what the stuff they did with Funk and with Foley sure. and, and the dumpster off the, the stage. And we, I mean, bro, we built them because we still wanted them to join DX. That was the goal. And and th those guys got it over the New Age Outlaws like a million bucks. And when they got it over, that's when Sean and Hunter said, okay, now we're ready to come together sure. as a group. But very similar to what you're saying about Val Venus. Yeah, it, it does sound really similar. And, and you know, when... When you're when you have a, a group or if you're in a rock band or any kind of situation like that, you know I can imagine I just anyway like I think we might have been talking about this yesterday when somebody like pitches something to you uh, or you're pitching something to someone I always found that the idea gets shot down right away until they have time to think about it at least. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and well, you know, you know, you know what that is, Sean. There, there's there's a logical explanation for that, and I always I always dealt with this throughout my career. When when the talent shows up for TV, okay, the mentality is, what are we doing tonight? Yeah. Right now, today, what are we doing? And I, I always used to say they couldn't see the forest from the trees because when when I'm talking to a talent. Bro, I know where it's going. I, I, I know what tonight is leading to a month from now or two months. There's a huge story in place. But a lot of times the talent just wants to know what's happening sure. tonight. They never looked at it as a piece of the puzzle. And and, and that was difficult, bro. That was difficult because, you know, some may, maybe you got to do a job, you know, tonight so we can get to next week. Whatever the case may be, but writers and talent, they, they really – they look at television very, very differently. Well, and – but you, Vince, you used to take the time on a Wednesday night to give me a call and run by me. What, what, and I'm not sure how many guys you did that with, but I'm sure I'm not the only one. Uh, and I, I don't know if you remember that, but you used to do that quite a bit. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, I, and and that's why, bro. I, I used to because I knew I knew when we got to TV, and it's live TV. There just aren't enough hours in a day. So right. if I could prep you before we got there, if I could squash a problem before we got there, it would just make TV go that much easier, bro. I'm gonna ask you this, Sean. Yeah. There were, I'll never forget this as long as I live. DX was doing so much like over the top stuff. Right. And bro, here's what people tell me all the time. They tell me this all the time. Well, Vince, you you were successful in the Attitude Era. Um, you know, the Attitude Era was successful. You are a successful writer because of the talent you had. And my my answer to that is what they don't understand is we had such great freaking talent up and down the roster that as a writer, 
I could never write le- less than what that talent was capable of performing. In other right. words, I couldn't give Austin crap one week. I couldn't give Rock crap one week. The writing had to match the talent. When I'm writing for a Shawn Michaels or a Hunter or a you, my writing has to match your freaking talent. Otherwise, I'm bringing you down. And I can't allow that to happen. That was the challenge. That's what people don't understand. So DX did so many crazy things, bro. You know, the invasion of WCW, the the nation stuff. I mean, just incredible freaking things. I remember we had to keep coming up with new things. What can they do now? What can they do now? There was one thing that DX vehemently shot down that I couldn't get you guys to do. To this day, I think it would have been hysterical. What was do you it? Remember what the, do you remember what that was? I'm sure when you mentioned it, I probably will. <laughs> Bro, we had done everything yeah. with you guys. And like like I said, every week, that, that's the part of being a successful, right? You can't rehash. It's got to be new, right. new, new, new. You guys were at odds with the nation. And I'll never forget, bro, I wanted you guys to have a football game against the nation. (laughs) And, bro, the funny thing about it, now think about this. Think about this. Jimbo, think about about the sides in this game, okay? On the nation, you had Rock, who played at the University of Miami. You had Ron Simmons, bro, who was a god at Florida State. You know, you had freaking Mark Hendry. Look at the sides. Then at the on the other side of the coin, you had a bunch of guys that probably never played a football game in their life. So like, you know, Hunter, Sean, you, I mean, you guys didn't want any part of it and we never did it. But I, I to this day, I still think that would have been entertaining. I, well, please explain to me how you thought that was going to go down. Oh God, bro! You 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 know you start off, you go you, you go between you know little vignettes throughout the entire show, bro. And obviously little vignettes, and you know you you obviously you build to a turning into a huge brawl on the football field where you guys can't keep up with them, and then you know you got to do something heelish, whatever the case may be. But you know, literally a series of vignettes that go through the entire show. And then you have the payoff at the end, which would have been the big blow up, which would have been a fight on a football field, which visually would have been cool. Because part of my writing, bro, was I wanted to show people things they had never seen before. I I didn't want everything to take place in an arena. I wanted to go outside the arena, give it a new look, give it a new feel, and just give people things they never saw before. I'm guessing... That we were just concerned about getting hurt. Probably, <laughs> um, probably so. I, 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 w- I would agree with that. Because I mean, honestly, the other side, of the the our opposing team, the run to the litter is D'Lo Brown at just under three hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right, bro. I mean, <laughs> no question about. It. And like, I I just don't see you know like you know Shawn Michaels as you know the. Uh, the high school senior running back. I mean, like that wasn't your bag, right. but to me, that would have been part of the storyline. Actually, Sean was a hell of a high school football player. Was that, he really, yes. bro? Yes, I think so. I'm almost yeah, see, I, I did not know that because, you know, he was, you know, I mean, kind of small to be playing football, but, but that, that would have been part of the story. These guys would have been trouncing you and then you would have wound up getting heat, heat on them at the end. See, Were we still the heels? 
Well, how, how was you, that were, at the were, time? Were you guys ever heels? I, well, I mean, we tried to be at first, Vince. Yeah, it just didn't work out very well, you, did it? You, you guys were never heels. You were never going to be heels. You were too freaking entertaining, man. Oh. <laughs> Hearing you talk I about mean, this, I can see it as like the commercial when they did uh, WrestleMania Goes Hollywood and they did all those parodies of all those movies. I could totally see DX versus Nation of Domination as a football game, but shot like that. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Vince, the way you painted the picture... Uh, I can I can totally see the vision. I'm just wondering if you painted the same picture to us at the time. I probably didn't. I probably didn't, bro. Because you know, again, you know, Sean, you you know, you bro, you know what a TV on. day's like. Yeah. I you know I've got five minutes to sell it because if you don't like it, we got to move on to something else. But that was the challenge, bro. The talent from DX to Rock to Mick to Steve. The talent was so great that the 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 pressure on Ed and myself to give you guys material yeah. that was worthy. I mean that, that that's what people don't understand. And 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 again, I, I see that happening today. Like I see a guy like Bray Wyatt, where to me the writing level does not match the talent level. And I think that has kept him down. So there was a great amount of pressure to write, you know, to write for DX because you 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 couldn't give him crap. Right. Yeah, no, I and Vince can you talk about like the the balance at that time between like okay what you all were writing and and you know giving the talent artistic liberty though at the same time Oh, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. You know, Sean, I hear stories about how it works today, and I don't know because I'm not there. Right. But I don't know. I don't know how it can't be a collaboration because he, here's how I look at it. And, and it's real easy, bro. When I sat down to write a show, I'm writing for 50 people. Okay, I'm writing for every single person on that show. I want to make sure everybody has a role. I want to make sure everybody's represented. I want to make sure everybody's making money. But now when I'm dealing with Sean Waltman, all Sean Waltman is thinking about all week is Sean Waltman. Right. So at the end of the day, nobody knows the Sean Waltman character better than Sean Waltman. So if I sit down with you and I say, okay, Sean, this is what we have. Now you're going to take what I give you and you're going to find the Sean Waltman nuances that I may have missed. And that that's what you guys always did. And I swear to God, bro, I never walked away from a collaboration where it wasn't better. And right. I mean, as a writer, my feelings were never hurt because at the end of the day, I wanted the show to be the best that it could be. I, I mean, literally, that's all I cared about. And there's no way it would have been that good if I did not get input by every single person on the show. Huh. Cool. Makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of uh, input from people... Uh, in that Ultimate Insiders DVD, uh, Ed Ferreira and you mentioned that before Sean's match with Shane McMahon, Shane oh. McMahon came up with like a packet. <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live. Please talk about that. I mean, yeah, you, you, I want to hear yeah, that. I, I, what, what, his first, first of all, Shane, man, I, I, 
I, I helped um, Kim pose. I say helped because it was me and Shane. I helped Kim pose the first promo that Shane McMahon ever cut the first time he was ever on TV. And man, when he went out there and did it, I got goosebumps. I got tears. And, and I realized at that point it's in the McMahon blood. Because this guy, as great as his old man was, this guy's going to be just as good. I mean, it, it, it's in the blood. And I'll never forget that first promo. So now he had to have his first match. And the first opponent was Sean. And I remember Shane writing out literally, it had to be yep. 10 pages front and back of the entire match yep. <laughs> and, and am i right sean yes yeah yes and it, he here's the thing that blew me away i i gotta be honest with this really blew me away sean and i want you to think about this i gotta tell you my rule of thumb when i was a writer was listen i i, I was not a wrestler i had all the respect in the world for the wrestler when it when it came between those four ropes I, I really didn't get involved in the matches. You know, we would kind of tell the agent, this is the finish we need so we can continue the story. I, I, I rarely ever got involved right. of what happened between those ropes because you just don't do that. I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a writer. Bro, I'm shocked that Shane didn't understand that. I mean, being the son of Vince, being in the business for so long, it kind of set me back that, yeah. you know, to, to lay out a match when you've never had one before and then hand that match to a seasoned veteran, it kind of surprised me because I just thought Shane would know better. But again, bro, the McMahons, they're perfectionists. Yes. So Shane wanted to know what A through Z was going to be so the match would turn out perfectly. <laughs> but I, I was a little surprised that he did that in the first place. Well, the, here's, the, here's what happened with, with that as far as, and I think it might have been actually Michael Hayes that came up to me and ran the idea about me actually wrestling Shane at WrestleMania. And my initial reaction was like everything else back then, I, you know, I crapped on it at first, just out of spite. And because I wanted to wrestle a real, a real pro wrestler at WrestleMania, you know? Um, and, and then I started realizing that wow the boss just asked well because then i went and talked to vince about it and and vince asked me to have uh his son's first match with him at wrestlemania that's a huge deal and mm -hmm. we're going to be featured big time and uh my only condition was the first one was okay but i'm not doing the job he's got to lose and the second one was i'm in charge Bottom line, no ifs, ands, or buts. Vince agreed to both of them. Then I, Shane comes up to me with that big, big packet full of uh, <laughs> our match scripted and all his ideas. And he, so I brought that right to Vince, and I said, Vince, look. And then Shane come up to me a little bit later on in the day and goes, I'm sorry, it's whatever you want to do, um, I'll, I'll listen. And here's the thing, Vince, all those ideas... In that on the on the papers that that he wrote down 
We did about 90% of them, and I'll tell you why, because they were good ideas, Vince. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, bro, no doubt about it. Bro, can you imagine, though, that conversation Vince yes. must have had with him after you went in that room? Oh, God. Oh, no, but he God, was a pleasure bro, to work with. It. You know, and because I wasn't going to take one of my days off to go anywhere, he had some. He had Jack Doan drive a ring from Detroit all the way to St. Paul. They rented out the St. Paul Civic Center. They set the ring up inside the empty St. Paul Civic Center, and I put my match together with Shane McMahon for WrestleMania. That's how they are. Yeah, and that's how they are, bro. I mean, yeah. that's that's how they are. I mean, that's 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 why they're where they're at, bro. Yeah. Vince, hey, real quick, I, I want to talk about uh, the Brawl for All because yeah. I, I know that uh, – I don't want to get into everything you said, but I just know that you said if you had it to do again, you would. Is that – do you still feel that way? No, I, I, I don't think I've said that. Really? Have I said that? Well, I mean, it's, it, was, it was a quote that – and you know how that can be no. when someone you, you're quoted. Sean, do you know how that came about? Not 100%. I just remember let me, let, none let, of us Let being me too tell you the story because okay. I'll, I'll be honest with you, bro. I, 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 I didn't think it through in the sense of, shoot, man, a lot of guys could legitimately get hurt. Right. I, I never thought that through. But there was a reason for that, Sean. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened, bro. Exactly. Okay. Bro, I, I did not like JBL. I, 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 bro, I don't like bullies. JBL, I, I don't know how he is today. Back then, he was a bully, bro. He was a braggart. He was a bully. He was a big mouth from you know, one of these big mouth good old boys from Texas. I was a New Yorker. Right. And, like, I was not very fond of the guy. And I remember, bro, we're backstage one time, and it's me, uh, Layfield, and Kevin Kelly. And, bro, uh, JBL starts carrying on. That if, you know, if if wrestling were a bar fight, if wrestling were were real, if it were a bar fight, he would kick everybody's ass in the locker room. Wow, that's a hell of a locker room to be saying that about. Oh, bro, no no (laughs) crap. So so while he's mouthing off, bro, the the guys that are there at the time are going through my mind. And I'm like, bro, do you really, you, you really freaking believe that, bro? You really believe right. that? So, bro, I disliked him so much that when he said that to me, I, I, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let it go because I knew if it actually happened, somebody would whoop his backside. So the next meeting that at Vince's house, I, I said, Vince, I'm going to throw something at you, you absolutely freaking crazy. And I threw the idea of the brawl for all. And, bro, you, you know, Vince, he's going to love something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's that that that's his cup of tea, bro. I mean, guys, you know, f- real fighting. I mean, he's he, he Vince wants to see who the toughest in the locker room was. So it wasn't a hard sell, man. He agreed to it rather easily. So it, it really was my disdain of JBL's bragging that kind of led to that whole thing. But bro, like he ended listen, up doing pretty it, damn it, good, it, Vince. What's that? Bradshaw ended up doing pretty damn good in it, though. Well, 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 bro, he also wound up getting his eyes rolled in the back oh, of true. his head, which yeah. was quite pleasing to me at the time. But, <laughs> Sean, but listen, but, but I, bro, I got, I got, I look at it two ways, though. He, here's right. how I look at it, Sean, and we got to be honest with each of other. Of course. No, number, I, I did not think the injuries through. I, I wish I would have thought, oh, shoot, this is like really legit. People can get sure. hurt. 
But on the positive side of that, bro, a lot of guys made good money in that tournament that weren't really working at the time. Yeah, and but there were some guys that felt pressured into doing it and were afraid to say no, Vince, and that's the truth. Yeah, well, bro, I I got to tell you this to be honest with you, like um, that that was not my side of right. it, bro. Like Bruce Pritchard, he did all those negotiations of who wanted to do it and who didn't want to do it. So I don't know how that went, but I I clearly clearly can see and understand guys not wanting to say no, sure. thinking. You know how how the, I I I totally get that. And uh, and uh, I think I I want to say guys were paid like five thousand dollars a fight or something like that. Bro, I I Sean, I think it was fifteen. It was okay. I think I think so. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. And you know, bro, listen, not for nothing to go out there for three minutes and get fifteen grand. Yeah. You know, to you know, to guys like Savio Vega and you know uh, Draz. Sure. Hey, that that was a big payday for those guys. Boy, it was the one thing I, I, I it's just it's the heart that some of those guys had going out there, didn't train for it at all, you know, and going out there and just leaving it all out there. That's the one thing, the one thing that I I remember uh, being so impressed uh, by, even though you know I, a lot of it was wasn't pretty. To watch, man, like like Road Warrior Hawk, you know he smoked two packs a day and hadn't done anything like that. And who knows if ever? And, yeah. and you know he's yeah. out there going toe to toe with Draws, who is a stud and in his prime. You know, yeah. I mean that was insane. Man, then, I gotta tell they you had though, draw, Sean, and they, I mean I mean this to this day, yeah. bro. Like to this day, because I you know I was I was ringside for right. those fights. Bro, all the MMA fights I've seen, all the boxing matches I've watched, I swear to God, bro, I've never seen people get hit as hard as I saw Bart Gunn hit. Bro, when, when I saw the go, the Godfather, yeah. when I saw his eyes roll to the back, I thought that was impossible. Like, I, bro, do you, do people don't understand how tough Charles Wright will kill you yeah. when when Bart Gunn hit him that hard bro I've never never to this day seen anybody get hit that hard well I have it was when Butterbean hit Bart oh. <laughs> holy crap Sean do, you, Sean do you know the story behind that not the whole thing well, bro, what happened was, you know, Bart, Bart freaking shocked everybody, bro, goes to the end of this. Then we want to book him against Butterbean. Well, bro, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was Vince. I don't know who it was, but they they decided at that point that Bart needed a professional trainer. So they took they took Mark Merrow's golden glove trainer. The guy's name was uh, Tony Rinaldi. Right. And he became Bart's trainer. And t- and Rinaldi trained Bart to box like a, like a regular boxer. Yeah. So he, he literally took Bart out of his element. Bart got in that ring. He's trying to box Butterbean rather than just go toe-to-toe. He was completely out of his element. And the next thing you know, I mean, he got his you know, his, his uh, lights knocked out, but you know, they changed his style for yes. that match. I don't think, I don't think they ever should have done. Well, that. Well, it's funny you say that because right before they went out for that fight, I was, I was back there with Bart and uh, Ken Shamrock was back there too. And he said to Bart before, before this fight, he goes, 
Don't go out there and try to box him, Bart. That's don't it. Don't do yeah, it. That's it. And that's Bro, have you, have you seen Bart Gunn lately? Uh, yeah, actually, I saw him at a convention about a year ago. He looked great. Actually. Oh my gosh, bro! He looked—he looked unbelievable, man. Yeah, but you know, he, but him, him and Billy though were the real deal, though, bro. I mean, they—they they right. were real freaking cowboys. Yeah. They were the real deal. Oh yeah, and I can't. I mean, I—I I, I consider myself pretty fortunate that I, I survived uh, ribbing those guys really hard. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> bro. To this day, to this day, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Sean. I—I—I'd be interested in hearing your opinion. Bro, out of the thousands of guys I worked with, I still say to this day, I think Billy Gunn was the greatest natural athlete that I ever worked with. It's hard to argue with you. Hard to argue with you on that. Because, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I'm trying to think of somebody else. I, okay, there's a Shelton Benjamin I could put up there. But, I mean, I can't think of somebody that's a better athlete than Billy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think Billy could have excelled in any freaking sport he wanted. I, I saw him play basketball, bro. He was phenomenal. He's the kind of guy I think he would have excelled in any sport that he played. And what a big guy to be riding bulls, too. I know. Ridiculous, right, bro? Yeah. It's a beast. Before we let you go, I just want to oh, real wow. quick... I can't believe it's been. Oh my God, we've got we've, yeah. we've kept you for a long time, Vince. And there's like a ton I want to ask you more. Hopefully, we can get you back on. Yeah, no, bro. I'd love to come back. I, I'm I'm glad we got to chat the last couple of days, Sean. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, damn. There's oh crap. Didn't get this so much. But go ahead, Jimbo. I just real quick want to ask what your opinion is on all the TNA guys now in WWE and their. Uh, not not push for a lack of a better word like how their success that they're getting in WWE now uh, Jimbo that that's hard for me to to answer and, and because bro like you I, I think your idea of success and my idea of success are totally different like you know I, I just <laughs> the, the level of success with some of the guys I worked with Compared to what the level of success these guys are getting today, I, I think I think it's two different things because I really feel, bro, listen, this is this is my opinion. I don't want to give Sean any heat or nothing like that. This is just my opinion. But I really think when I talk about success at the time of the Attitude Era, bro, we had 10 million people watching the show. We had casual television viewers who weren't wrestling fans watching the show you know guys like austin and rock and dx they became household names and and the people that were watching were not wrestling fans bro they were tuning in because it was a great television show fast forward to 2017 i feel that wrestling has turned wrestling into a very small niche market. If you're not a wrestling fan, you're not going to watch wrestling. So when you talk about the level of success, I think these guys have a tremendous level of success in that within that niche audience, within today's wrestling fan. But again, bro, when I go back and, and, and I just remember th the audience that once watched the WWE, bro.
bro, these guys were freaking movie stars. These guys could not walk through an airport. And that's why it's hard for me to say, bro, because I and I don't want to say because I don't think my my uh, idea of success might be the same as yours. Okay. You know, it's, hey, uh, Vince, there's, you know, like I was saying, there's so many things that we haven't talked about. Uh, but I, real quick, the the situation with TNA, because, I, I mean, you were there, uh, and um, so you know what it was like being there. What What is your, uh, just your your opinion on, on that whole situation right now? And how, and I know this is, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what was your, well, you know what? I do want to put you on the spot. What was your uh, interactions like with Dixie? Bro, Dixie Carter was a a, a great human being okay. and a, a great person and a great lady with a huge heart. She had no business being in the wrestling business, bro. From from day one, the wrestling business was too tough for her. Bro, she was very, very – and early on, the relationship was her and Jeff. Right. And, bro, Jeff made her feel very intimidated. He made her feel stupid. He made her feel uneducated. And from the beginning, bro, she was – as the boss, she was always afraid to open her mouth because she might say the wrong thing. She might make the wrong decision. She – she bro, the boys intimidated her. And, you know, like I said, it, it started with Jeff. So what that caused, bro, was that caused 10 years of her not being able to make a decision, afraid of making the wrong decision. So, bro, she went through person after person after person to make those decisions for her. And you know how it is, Sean. Every time you bring in somebody new, they're going to change everything. And it's a restart all over again. So she was a hell of a woman, a great woman, intimidated by people in the business, which made her afraid to run her own company, and you can't have a boss like that, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, but you were you were at TNA back in the in the early days, like when when we were doing it in Nashville, and I'm I can't remember how long it was before the Carters got involved, but um, you remember remember a lot about that time? Oh, uh, bro, it was immediately. It it was immediately, bro. I I did my very first show with Jeff. And either that night or the next day, I mean, he immediately found out that the, the, his, uh, his backers were backing out. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was immediate. And I'll never forget, bro, I was, at, I was at Jeff's house like that week, and he was very distraught. He was very down. And, and he said to me, he goes, Vince, he goes, you know, Dixie, uh, you know, she was just a PR woman at the time. Dixie said that, uh, you know, it might be in my best interest to have a conversation with her father. Her father owns, you know, this company called Panda Energy. Jeff had no idea the Carters had money. He had no right. freaking idea. But, bro, at the end of the day, you know. They saved that company. Jeff was done. I mean, bro, it was done two weeks in. He had no money. He had no backing. So at the end of the day, you know, the Carter family really saved that company. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't talk to Jeff. Uh, I I wasn't talking to Jeff all the time back then. But I was talking to Jerry, and Jerry, you know, Jerry was really distraught, like you said. I mean, because 
you know, he Jerry talked to me before when I was still in WWE about coming and, and starting TNA, and I just told him like, you know, I'm about ready to go back and do this NWO thing, which was that was going on at the time. But if you know, if that doesn't work out, then you know that would be great because I was a fan, you know, of, of yeah. Jerry. You Jerry know, was Sean, a fan of mine. He, he, here's where I think people fail in life, bro. And and I saw this so many times. In the wrestling business, bro, because in the wrestling business, it's a it's a game of power. Everybody's looking for power. And I think what happens is people go beyond their boundaries of what they're really good at. I think I think we were we had this success in the WWE because Vince McMahon was the boss and there was going to, from the management level, there was going to be no bullshit. There was going to be no roads intersecting. There was going to be no politics. JR did what he did. Bruce did what he did. Kevin Dunn did what he did. I did what I did. Nobody intersected trying to get more and more power. Right. I think I think what, what happened with Dixie Carter was once she realized the business she was in and quite frankly, she couldn't handle it. She wasn't built for it. It, it wasn't made for her right then and there. She should have hired. Bro, she she was in negotiations with J.R. She, I, I was on the phone with Jr. Jr. went to the Carter Ranch. Right. We were trying to get Jr. in. My point is, if she would have recognized her shortcomings and what she could do and what she couldn't do, there's no reason in the world that that company wouldn't have been a huge success. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. I, I, I think I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> Yeah, in I mean, cases, bro. As, as much as I, I'm not a fan of Eric Bischoff, yes. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm not a fan of his. As much as I'm not a fan of his, if she would have brought him in the first month to run that company, the company would have been successful. I, I like okay. I wasn't a fan of Eric's at one time, but I am now because uh, you know, uh, I would hope that just about everyone changes over time, you know, and. Uh, and evolves a bit, but uh, so I. And, but regardless, even if I wasn't a fan of his, I would say, yeah, bring him in. Uh, yeah, because you're right; he would have done a, a, an excellent job at that. But yeah. uh, I, I just, I was going to bring something. Well, you know what? I'm going to might as well bring it up instead of just saying I was going to. There, back in the beginnings of TNA when I was there, Vince, uh, mm-hmm. there was a situation where. I ended up not showing back, not showing up, and uh, uh, Jerry thought it was because I was mad. Do you remember when you guys had our truth drop the the title to Jeff Jarrett originally? I don't. I there don't was a remember. power struggle. There was a perceived power struggle between you and and Jerry at the time over like writing the shows. Do you remember that? I, I, bro, I wouldn't call it a power struggle. Sean, listen, here's the bottom line. You know, I guess the company from the beginning was Jeff and Jerry. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously that was the company. That was the money, the backers, the this, the that, and the other thing. Bro, you got to understand something. Jeff brought me in because he wanted me to write the show. Right. Bro, my first conversation with Jerry Jarrett, I knew he wanted to write the show. I I mean, he made that clear to me. He wanted to write the show. 
And listen, bro, Jeff Jarrett was my friend. The the last thing, the last thing I was going to get involved was in was getting between a father and a son. Right. I mean that that was a father and a son relationship. It wasn't, you know, they were just working together. So the last thing I was going to do was get involved with that. So I I literally said to Jeff, "Bro, if your dad wants to write the TV, let him write the TV. Jeff, I don't want to get involved in anything between the two of you." Yeah. So like literally, bro, I would totally back off any situation until, you know, basically Jeff would give me a call and he'd ask me something or he'd want my opinion on something. And that's the way I dealt with it. And it it, it, was, it was a horrible situation. Yeah, well, it was. See, OK, Jeff brought you in and Jerry brought me in. So I was kind of like, you know, having some loyalty towards Jerry of, uh, right. of if it was going to be of, of anyone. And I, I can't remember how I did, but I got word that it. The impression was that you guys were trying to oust Jerry as 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 the writer, right? And uh, so I call Jerry and I tell him what's going on, and he's like not believing it, and uh, and he's so he gets off the phone and he calls me back and he's pretty much almost crying and because you know he says oh it was true and all this and like I'm like I got your back Jerry, but at the same time I was. Big into, into substance abuse, huge, and just gotten in big into meth, right? And uh, so uh, I guess you guys turned that, you guys kind of reconciled and turned it into part of the storyline. And I, I, I found, well, I guess Jerry thought I found out about it and got mad and didn't show up, but I really just flaked out because I was messed up on drugs and they just thought I was pissed off. So, so, uh, so, uh, so you just, you just know, you know, showed after that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. But they, but Jerry assumed it was because I was mad that you guys turned this behind the scenes, uh, you know, thing that, that I warned him about into an angle. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, bro. He, yeah, bro. That, that was a bad, uh, Jerry, 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 listen, Jerry hates my guts to this day. Bro, I don't have a bad feeling in my body about Jerry, but like I said, bro, you know, Jeff brought me in because he knew what I did at the WWE and, you know, we were close and he knew I could write. But at the end of the day, his dad still wanted to write the TV. And like I said, bro, the most important thing to me at the time was the father and son relationship. So it, it just it put me in a bad spot. I feel bad for even bringing it up now. But I guess that's something I should have mentioned to you in private. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Bro, and, and you know how that relationship came yes. to an end. Like, finally, I mean, you know the story there. And Please thank God me. I wasn't involved in it, bro. Thank God I wasn't involved. But, bro, like, while this is going on, you know, there's there's this there's this big guy. I don't even remember. He was from another country or whatever, but there was this uh, – you know, this guy, this wrestler with a lot of potential. And, bro, what happened was when Jerry was working for TNA, Jerry turned around and brought this guy to Vince. Oh, the Russian guy. The, yeah, I don't even yeah. know who it was. The Russian guy. And, bro, that that right there 
that was what severed the relationship and Jeff and Jerry didn't talk and then Jerry was out. But that's what ultimately ended the relationship. And, and I mean, thank God it had nothing to do with me. Right. Well, Vince, okay, man, we've kept you for quite a while and I really hope you can come back on. Like really, no, I'd love really to, Brian. Any, anytime you want me to come on, I, I do your show in a heartbeat. And if and the feelings mutual, anytime you want me back on, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. Because uh, I mean, really, there's a lot. There's a lot that uh, you could have asked me yesterday, and there's a lot I could still ask you. So, like, let's do this again uh, uh, sooner rather than later, man. No, absolutely, bro. I'm I'm all in. And I, I I I say this to everyone, and I mean it sincerely. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. Our our time is our most valuable commodity, in my opinion. And thank you for sharing it with us, Vince. Uh thanks, Sean. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Jimbo. Thank you, man. Have an awesome day, Vince. Uh you too. Take care, guys. Sweet. Wow. And we'll be right back with more XPOC one two three sixty. Good job, Jimbo. Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. We want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360. This is take two of this because I screwed the last one up. <laughs> but what I, I, I'm awesome events for show to hang out with us for that long. And so cool. I, it could have been double that that amount of time. What do we have him on for an hour twenty, hour an hour yeah. and a half? Yeah, hour twenty. Yeah, well, we could have done we could have done another hour and a half, and I don't know if I still I still would have gotten through all the stuff I would have liked to have asked him. So, so much. Yeah, man, and and like okay, I caught myself just going yeah and and agreeing with. There might have been some things that I disagreed with that he said, but I understand where he's coming from, you know. And a lot of people just they don't even want to try to understand where somebody else is coming from that just that has a different opinion and i'm glad he acknowledged that like this is just my opinion i'm sure. not saying like everyone needs to believe this. this is just how i feel right and there's like there's a lot of issues i have with some of the things and and that that vince has done and we can get into it more next time you know uh uh we have him on but um like I said, just butter him up for part one, burn him down for part two. Right. It's like when a dog comes and they lick you right where they end up biting you. They're just trying to clean it off before they bite you there. No, uh, I think I, again, thanks so much to Vince Russo. And what, what is, uh, what's his Twitter's the Vince Russo at the, at Vince, the Russo. Vince Russo. Yeah. Follow him. So sorry, Vince. I didn't uh, ask you where to find you on social media and all that stuff before we let you go. But, uh, anyways, I'm not sure who we have next week yet. As a guest, but, but we'll I'm be pretty here. sure it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. And upcoming events that Sean will be at, uh, definitely if you haven't bought your tickets for the Click Reunion, you need to get them. Showclicks.com, April 1st. It's going to be amazing. Life in a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Don't miss it. After that, um, Icons of Wrestling in Philadelphia on April 22nd. You'll be at a convention. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's stuff. right. And then at the Cow Palace for APW on May 6th, you'll actually be wrestling, though. Yeah. So definitely check Sean out there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jim on the Booth. Buy my documentary, The Young Bucks Too Sweet Journey, at highspots.com. And Sean, where can they find you? You can find me at The Real X Pac on Twitter. And that's, I mean, I, I, I tell you, when I have an Instagram account, I haven't posted anything on yet. And I still have like 2,000 followers. That's amazing. So thank you to my Instagram followers. 
And we'll see you next week with more Xbox One, Two, yes. Three, Sixty. See you guys next week right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, show producer Jimbo Frank, managing editor of AfterBuzz Wrestling Christy Olson, and managing producer of AfterBuzz Wrestling Mark Bidonica and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow Xbox on Twitter at TheRealXpoc, and email us at xpoc1236show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!